Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now in a game night. The Edmonton Oilers, the Montreal Canadiens night, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. 3.30 face-off show. We got another hour of Oilers Now with you. Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Eric Ingalls from Sportsnet out of Montreal. Scott Housen, the, the uh, present CEO of the American Hockey League in the next hour, which is brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. I'll try to squeeze a couple in here in this hour. It's 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors brings you the text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. We will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Don and his staff are thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout options. Full details at jbedmonton.ca. We head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, our province's horse racing and breeding industry, has introduced new safety protocols with thorough vet checks, stricter rules, and tougher penalties employing Albertans caring for our horses, horse racing Alberta. All right, Speck, we know we know you love Chicago, okay? Yep. Who um, love Chicago, Bob? Uh, everybody loves Chicago. Uh, big city money, Midwest value. Not my line. That's Kevin Quinn's line. Never did he nail it so right. In other words, people are nice. They're not rude like some other big U.S. cities. Um, Philadelphia, for me, is a, a a very average American city. I'm not a, the biggest fan of Philadelphia, but uh, okay. Chicago. Chicago, you got. But I, I want to talk a bit about Montreal, where the orders are tonight. Um, okay. It just means more there, doesn't it, when it comes to hockey? <laughs> yeah. Right, a trip to Montreal is like a trip to uh, Yankee Stadium. You know, it's like a trip. It's like soccer in Wembley. It's, it's, you know, it's just a special place. There's no doubt. We all grew up with it. Uh, even today, I, I laughed when Ryan Nugent-Hopkins talked about how it's a classic old rink, uh, the Bell Center, and I'm thinking, man, I, I remember when we used to go to the Forum. <laughs> so yes, it means more in Montreal, and it must be fun to skate out of that. Walk out of that tunnel and skate out of that ice, huh, Bob? Oh, uh, well, I, I can tell you from a broadcast perspective, uh, you know, they have a gondola there. Uh, they have a massive big screen. It is as good a place as there is. The fans like Edmonton, but they're a little louder during the regular season. They're not louder in the playoffs, but they're a little louder in the regular season. They've got a great awareness of the game, just like the fans here know. Uh, they have an appreciation for the the uh, the great players when, when a guy's doing something spectacular. And they all grew up watching Danny Gallivan build up that crescendo, right? And so they've got, yeah, yeah. they have the spark, they have the same feel as fans. And they're, you know, I can remember all the way back to the New Year's Eve game in 1975. 
And actually, I'll go all the way back to 72 with Harlamov. And he played in that game in 75, too. But uh, he got one in that game in 75. He got two in the opening game in Montreal in 72. And, you know, that was the Russians at the height of the Cold War. And the fans, they were like, that number 17 is pretty good. Somebody might want to be on that guy. And, right? But you know what I'm saying? Like, they love the game there. Well, I think it's different for us older guys too, Bob. Like this isn't, I always try not to be the guy that says it was better in my day, but I will say that it was different in our day, right? Today, every NHL rink is exactly the same. There are no Boston gardens left with sharper corners, right? There are no auditoriums in Buffalo where one end of the rink was open and there was dressing rooms, a guy standing along the glass in the back. Uh, you know, the Montreal Forum, most, I don't know who would know this, was the last sand-based arena in the NHL. Underneath their ice was sand, not cement. You know, the ghosts of that old forum, it was just its own unique place. You never walked in another building, Bob, and said, man, this place reminds me of the Montreal Forum, <laughs> right? Never would you say that. Today, you know, I'm not saying it's worse. Maybe in some ways it's better. But the rinks are the rinks are the rinks are mostly the same. So we have that fond memory. Back in the old days, they didn't run in Chris Cuthbert for wherever the big game was out of the East. When the game was in Montreal, Danny Gallivan called it, right? When yes. the game was in Toronto, uh, you know, someone else was calling it. When the, when the game was out West, it was Don Whitman calling it. And it, it lent a flavor to, oh, it's a Danny Gallivan game. Clearly, we're playing in Montreal tonight. Those flavors, how great they were i missed them and let's face it they're not around anymore we've replaced those flavors with other things foster hewitt bill hewitt bob cole that's who they ran out in toronto over the years all right thank you all right so look friday holy's name for some reason bob how's that and he did some great work when the canadians were in the yeah, Canadians were in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Uh, hey, Spec, just before we let you go here, you're going to join us on Monday, or sorry, Friday. We're going to have the Battle Friday. of Alberta. So I want to have about a four-minute conversation on the Battle uh-huh. of Alberta. And I'm going to throw this out there to the listeners on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Like, the Montreal Canadiens are they're the maybe the one. I, I think at this stage, like, the Oilers are over 99% chance to make the playoffs. The Calgary Flames are at 2.2% to make the playoffs. And they've got the exact same record as the Vancouver Canucks. Both teams are now 16, 18, and 3. They're in a tough spot to make it, okay? So the question I have for everybody out there, you can jump on in Texas at 780-496-0063. Are you happy the Flames are a long shot to make it? I wouldn't complete, like, are they, first of all, are they done in your mind? Secondly, are you happy that if they are done, are you happy that they're, I'm not saying that they're done. I'm not going to, not until, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm still thinking, you know, Daryl Sutter, he's had success in the NHL. He's won a couple Stanley Cups. But are you enjoying the current plight of the Calgary Flames, especially in relation to Edmonton? Because, I, hey, I get the Battle of Alberta thing. I personally like to see both Edmonton and Calgary be good. Maybe it's because spec- we did grow up in the 1980s and watched two of the best three teams in the league for about the last seven years of the 80s. What about you? Where's your headspace at? Is this a good thing or a bad thing that Calgary might be uh, fighting it here to make the playoffs? Oh, it's a bad thing. Listen, one of the best weeks of the season last year began with that Saturday night goalie fight in Calgary, right? All of a sudden, the Battle of Alberta took over the whole country. It was fabulous. And Calgary and Edmonton were more equal 
I'm absolutely on your side on this. There's no question. I'm a little worried about Calgary. Like, tell you this, Bob, they're tied in the standings with 35 points each, 37 games played, Calgary and Vancouver. Whose lineup would you rather have right now going forward? Vancouver's. By a country mile. So, you know, this was a team in Calgary that just a few years ago were going to build a championship club around Goodrow and Monaghan and Bennett. And, and two of those guys are likely be gone this summer. Uh, did you see the play that um, Kachuk made last night on the what was a two-on-two against Winnipeg? Yeah, with uh, Scheifele breaking away right at the end of the yeah. first period. Yeah, yeah. so oh, yeah. It's, for those of you who didn't see it, it's a two-on-two, and Kachuk's man is, is Scheifele, and he's got to hustle because Scheifele doesn't have the puck, and you don't want him to get the puck. And instead of putting in the work and and buckling, you know, digging in and keeping up with Shifley and checking his man, he skated up to him, ran into him, and then dove and prayed for the call. The call never came. Shifley's wide open. He scores a goal, and Winnipeg never looks back. This is my point. That's their best player, Bob. That's yep. the best player taking a huge shortcut in an important part of the game, making a selfish play. And I'll tell you what, Kachuk's their best player, and I'd have him on my team every day, but he would not play the way he plays in Calgary for any team I was running. I'll tell you that. Well, right. I guess, you know, I mentioned Vancouver. I, I You look at Pedersen, he's been hurt for half the season. Yeah. Uh, Quinn Hughes has got a tough year plus minus, but he's a pretty good young offensive defense. Figure it out. And, figure that, it out. and Thatcher Demko is the only reason why they have, they've had, I think they've gone 7 2 and 1 on their last 10. Those guys are all restricted free agents. They're all coming out of their ELCs. That's why I take Vancouver. Like, that's yeah. a good base down the middle for that franchise. Sure and sure they is. have, and they have Horvat, Horvat who is a, <laughs> a really good second line center. Oh, like, yeah. the, 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 I mean, I look at Lindholm, and I would, I would argue with you, Mark, that I know what I'm getting from Lindholm. I know what I'm getting from Backlund, right? And I know what I'm getting from Backlund. Um, Kachuk's had a step backwards this year. That's a given. I got to give credit where credit's due. I think Lucic has been pretty good in a third line left wing role for that team. He's a pretty consistent guy. But Goodrow and Monaghan, they just, Kevin Weeks said it best. Mark, last week, Kevin Weeks said, those, those guys don't come up big in the big games. That's, it's that simple. And that's part of the reason why they're in the, now they're not done. Anything can happen. Great, uh, you know, the Oilers could lose one of McDavid or Dreisaitl, or we'll be having a different conversation. But the problem that Calgary has is they got to climb here. And maybe they say, well, we've only got to catch one team. Easier said than done. Montreal's got five games on hand, and they're going to yeah. get better. They're going to get better as the season goes on because they're going to get some of their players back. So good stuff. Uh, it's a it's a long climb for Calgary, and they've really got to – I mean, they got way bigger issues than if they can make the playoffs this year, Bob. There's a lot of things going on there that aren't right. And I think that organization is about to get turned over again. And, uh, you know, we went through this in Edmonton. New coaches, new GMs, all of that. And, frankly, none of it got solved until you got the right core of players. And they're still looking for the right core of players, I'm afraid to say. Five head coaches in the last six years for the Flames. I'm not a guy that hates Calgary. I mean... Don't get me wrong. I, I broadcast the Oilers games. I want Edmonton to win those games when they play Calgary, but I want the Flames and Edmonton to, to be two of the best teams in the West. Like, I'd rather see those teams. I mean, I, I mean, it's hard not to like Todd McClellan. You would want to see LA be successful too for his sake, maybe in the Pacific, in the Pacific. But you know what I'm saying here, right? So, yeah, I know. All right. Well, we're going to get Mark. We're going to get a, uh, this is a guy you can model your game after a really good writer out of Montreal named Eric Engels coming up next. Okay. 
<laughs> I'll listen. I'll hang on every word, Bob. All right, every awesome. Something. There you go. Uh, it is 118 in Edmonton. Back with Eric Ingalls when we return on Oilers Now. Hi, this is Jujar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30, Chad. Edmonton Oilers 8-1 in their last 10 visits to Montreal, including a two-goal performance from Jujar Kara back in the 2017-18 season. We are pleased to be joined by Sportsnet's Montreal-based uh, writer Eric Ingalls, who we welcome back to Oilers Now. Eric, how are you doing? It feels like it's been a long time. Yeah, and I, 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 Jack and myself were saying that on Saturday when the Oilers finally got to play against the Leafs. Uh, take us through what this last week's been like in terms of, you know, maybe the monotony of no news coming out and uh, and maybe what your perception is of how the Canadians organizations had to deal with this. Well, I'll start with the first one. It was kind of funny. You know, I got a text from my twin brother uh, last Monday when the Canadians were put into protocol. Uh, and he was like, hey, you know, maybe you'll get a bit of a break. And I said, uh, I've been doing this for 14 years. I think you would know by now that it's uh, not going to get any breaks here. It's going to be pretty busy. So sure enough, it was. Obviously, that story was a huge story in Montreal and uh, just kind of right on top of it. And... Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people saw Jesperi Kakini, I mean, Yo Armia's names hit the list, but the immediate reaction that I had was to email uh, the league and say, hey, is there a chance this game's going to get postponed? Um, to which I got a response immediately from Bill Daly, who said, no, we're going ahead. And then four minutes later, I got another email from him saying, uh, hold on, new information has come to light here. And maybe it's that the Canadians, uh, you know, the player who now we know is Joel Armia, who tested positive because Cockingham has been removed from the list. Um, we know that uh, that player had the variant. Uh, Mark Bergevin confirmed as much. And the other thing is those two players were on the ice with their teammates Monday morning. And for people who don't know, the way testing works is, you know, you take the PCR test and you get results by about 4 p.m. the next day, Uh, 4 p.m. that day, I should say. So um, there's some lag between testing and results. And so the NHL and, and, you know, in conjunction with the Canadians and public health in Quebec decided, hey, you know, there's one player on this list. There's another that's close contact. Uh, Everyone else was on the ice with these guys in the morning. And uh, we're not going to take any chances because you, you don't have that much road ahead. You know, it's uh, the, the NHL playoffs need to start um, when they're slated to start around May 12th or May 13th. And, uh, you know, I, there's not an extra week to start packing in other games after that. So uh, I, I think the NHL made a very smart move here. And, and so did the Canadians and public health. And, you know, the Canadians remained clear for the rest of the week. No one else was added to the list, and Cockney came off it, and hopefully Armia will too, and, and he's doing better. Uh, all right, Eric. So talking about Mark Bergevin, he, he, was he, did he have his poker face on where he said he wasn't going to be too active in the trade deadline, and then he went around and grabbed uh, Eric Stahl and upgraded his center position? Yeah, maybe. Maybe to some people. Uh, you know, I... I, I I was able to read through the bluff. I think a lot of people were too. You know, Mark Bergevin was smart to talk about the limits in terms of their cap space, um, the the lack of flexibility he might have to do things without moving money out the door. Um, but you know, there's a number of us who kind of sniffed that out and said, "Well, there's there's a lot of different options he can exercise to alleviate that issue." And there's some teams that are willing to take on dead cap space for incentives, which is something he said he wasn't going to do. Um, I think the reason he said that is because you know he's not just going to clear space just for the sake of clearing space because. Uh, 
it would it would suck to make a move and move a player off your roster and clear that space and then not get the player you're looking for in a trade. So, you know, we have a lot of time between now and the 12th. Uh, I think there's more that's coming here in terms of those types of moves to clear space and, and bring in another player that can help them, particularly on defense. And the move for Stahl addressed the very specific need they, they had with some more experience up the middle because they got Jake Evans, who's a rookie. They've got Nick Suzuki and Barry Kakniemi, who are 21 and 20 years old, respectively. And Philip Deneau, as Bergevin wisely mentioned, which is something that maybe a few people would have overlooked, myself included, is that Deneau only has 16 games of playoff experience. So I think we know what Stahl is. We know what he was in Buffalo this year, too, and he's got something to prove. But I think if he's a fraction of the player that we saw last year in Minnesota, he's going to help. Eric, we have about three minutes left. The Canadians were, they were on a barnstorming tour to start the year. Four out, four oh and two out of the gate. Uh, nobody would have seen Claude Gillian fired. How they played for Dominic Ducharme since he's become the head coach? You know, they've slowly found their way. Like, there's been some structure tweaks, some, some, uh, some system tweaks, and those take time to take hold, but they have started to take hold. The power play has been a massive improvement, best in the NHL since Alex Burroughs has been running it instead of Kirk Muller. And I think they're hoping to build from there. You know, they had a week to pour over video and uh, that could potentially help them execute all the remaining kind of system tweaks that Ducharme was looking to put in. No to Foley tonight. Uh, Sherrod's out a couple more weeks. They'll get Armia back at some point. That's three. Stahl will get in there. That's four. Cole Caulfield. They could add five players. I'd say, what's that, four guys uh, potentially in their top nine. The, this Canadians team that we're seeing tonight is going to actually get better as the season goes on when these guys get deployed in a lineup, aren't they? Yeah, it is. And, you know, Ben Sherrod is, is getting closer and closer. When we had initially heard it was going to be six to eight weeks, he's healing up quite well, or either that or he's a really tough guy. It's probably a combination of both uh, from a fractured hand. And Cole Caulfield, you know, the plan is to send him to Laval. He's been assigned there already for cap purposes for sure, but also, you know, it's, it's being sold as development. Um I would be really, really surprised if he's there for long. Um, I know there's some things, like I said, you know, it, it really depends on what Mark, Mark Bergevin is able to do in terms of manipulating the cap and uh, bringing in players if there are certain players available that can make his team better. I think we still have to wait now. You know, there's there's some teams that have gotten back into the mix that were targets that could help Mark Bergevin improve his team if he's going to make moves. So. I think that's a big part of the reason why Caulfield is going to Laval. I don't think it has much, if anything, to do with, oh, you know, give him some chance to ease him in and, uh, you know, get him some development. You know, that's stuff that can happen if he plays a couple games in the NHL and looks like he needs it. So, you know, this kid has the ability to be a game-breaker. He scored 30 goals in 31 games in college this year. He's going to run away with the Hobie Baker Award uh, vote. And uh, to me... You know, I, I think there's some risk in playing him in Laval before getting a chance to see what he can do for you. And uh, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. But, you know, Cole's been convinced he's playing in the AHL to start. And that's what's been sold to the public. And that's where he is right now in terms of quarantine and uh, where he's been assigned to on the cap. So we'll see what happens. Eric, great stuff. Thanks for hopping and joining us on Oilers Now. We'll touch base down the road. All the best, Bob. You're the best, man. Take care, man. That is Eric Ingalls out of Montreal from Sportsnet. Uh, at this time, do want to mention to you, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Outstanding customer service. That's another key to success as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a 10-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. Why do they win it? 
they treat you fairly. When you purchase the vehicle, they offer fair prices on things like warranties, insurance coverage, and financing fees. They've got an excellent service department. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Rich Ford lend a hand. You can reach them at one 877 or visit BrentRidge.com. We will head into the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goal the Oilers score this year, James H. Brown will donate $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to James H. Brown.com. For the Edmonton Oilers, uh, out is Oscar Kluckbaum. Shoulder surgery had it last week. Uh, we're looking at at least another six months. If if he returns to play, Slater Cuckoo out with a broken collarbone. Stalock is still on the non-roster list uh, after uh, coming over, being claimed by waivers and having to quarantine. For Montreal, fractured right hand for Sherratt to fully out uh, day-to-day with a lower body issue. Armia is on the COVID protocol list. Eric Stahl on the non-roster list after being acquired in a trade. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with Scott Housen, the president and CEO of the American Hockey League. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.